trek across the space it'll be just like they say What's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, metal, and adjacent forms of music that people send in to us. Typically it's our first time hearing the releases in question and we honestly react to whatever it is that we're hearing. Sometimes we like stuff, sometimes we don't, but even if we eviscerate a particular band, we encourage you to support the things that you do like by purchasing records and going to see those bands. We're not trying to be tastemakers, professional critics, uh, we're not trying to make objective value judgments, we're very aware that our opinions are often bad, and various times we don't even remember what we said a week after we said it, so don't take anything we say to heart. Um, the format of the show is also very simple. We have 10 bands in the queue. We roll some dice and randomly select usually between five and seven of them per episode. And that is all there is to it. If you want to send in music to the podcast, it's demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. Just make sure the release is a year or less old from the time of submission. Um, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, we've got one of those too, and we got another episode. Uh, we got to record one here soon and get it up shortly. Um, uh, shout out! I think I I already shouted out all of the most recent Patreon subscribers. So um, if you want to do that, it's Patreon.com/slash/DemolitionPodcast. Five bucks and up gets you access to uh, all of the content that we put out, and ten bucks and up gets you access to that plus the physical releases that we do. Um, and we got a couple couple in the queue uh, ready to go that I'm just waiting on art back and files from. So we've got like two or three that should be coming out in the coming months. And um, yeah, thanks to everybody who tunes in. Let's uh, let's jump into it. I don't really have a whole lot this week. I've been uh, been working hard and uh, watching a fuck ton of Quantum Leap. That's about all I've been doing. I mm. watch Quantum Leap every day while I'm working. You watch Quantum Leap quite a bit. You're, you're kind of like, uh, I, I know I know other folks that like routinely just watch essentially the same five shows mm-hmm. throughout the course of the year. Sure. One of them being Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I, I rewatch Buffy usually once a, week, once a f- year. What the fuck? I fucking love that show, man. It's no. great. It's a very good show. Um, qu- yeah, it is. It's been, a, it's been a few years since I've revisited Quantum Leap. Um, and, uh, I love it. It's great. It's well-written. It's well-performed. The premise is great. Um, I'm almost, my interest is almost peaked by the new Quantum Leap series, but not really because it seems like it's going to have a very serious tone to it. I didn't know there was one. Yeah, it just, it just premiered like a week ago. And the only thing that has my interest peaked remotely is that I found out because at first I thought it was a reboot, like a, you know, a soft relaunch type of thing, but it's mm-hmm. actually a sequel that takes place 30 years after and they're investigating what happened to Sam and uh, all of this sort of like the Quantum Leap program is relaunched. Oh. Um, so does it have different cast? Totally yeah, different yeah, cast. yeah. Well, I mean, Dean Stockwell's dead as a doornail. Scott Bakula in it? And Scott Bakula is not in it. He mm-hmm. declined to be in it. Okay. Um, so I, you know, the only thing that got me remotely interested in that is that it's a sequel. I would recommend if you haven't spent any time with Quantum Leap, go back and check it out. It's on Peacock. 
It's a very, very good fucking show. I grew up watching it. I loved it. And I feel like every time I revisit it, I uncover new layers. Right. And also remember that it is, in some instances, a show of its era. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Big time. You know. Yeah, I'm coming up to the episode. The episode. <laughs> and there's a couple episodes, actually. Like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, they, they I, I have to commend them for doing their best to tackle, like, social issues and stuff. Right. But there, there's some shit that goes on in some of the episodes uh they they dance around delicate topics with all the aplomb and finesse that could be expected of a show in 1989, which is not comparable to the finesse that you would expect of a show maybe in the year 2022. Yeah, but you have to you have to give them their props, give them their props for giving it a shot. You know? Yeah, they, they they try to. Yes, they try. Like there's an episode that where Sam jumps into the body of a woman and he has to navigate like the 60s workplace. Yeah, and like the the at the end where he's confronting like the womanizing harassing boss figure uh the big reveal is like i'm actually a guy mm -hmm. and the boss is like what no like the thought of him having a dick that's the real right. that's the real kicker right. and the idea that maybe this boss could be gay is like that's the real get him get him moment is like right. actually you're fucking gay <laughs> you're a homo right 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 you know and yeah. obviously there's the episode where he jumps into the body of a, a kid with down syndrome yeah. as well which is that's, the classic that's, clip that's, that's the one i'm thinking of. yeah for sure that's the it's the classic clip yeah <laughs> it's very good um so the only the, the only thing that i had this this week uh other than my a, a little i think well warranted praise for quantum leap is uh on the way over here tonight i decided to, to roll the dice the proverbial dice and uh start listening to the new pixies album that mm -hmm. just came out yeah i only got two two tracks in but i will say the two tracks that i heard genuinely full-on no qualifiers very good because we felt the, the last album that came out didn't really stick until we saw those songs live. Yeah. And I still, I'm not, I don't put that album on. Sure. Right. But live, those songs are really good. Yeah. They were good. But these songs are good. Um, yeah. It, out of that context. It sound, it, the two songs that I heard were like right halfway between like Bossa Nova and Trompe Le Monde era. So like a little bit rockier, but not to the point, not to, not to Trompe Le Monde levels. Uh, and I would say like, if you feel inclined to check out the new record and you are a longtime Pixies fan, I am trying to go in. I think the thing that has held me back from previous, uh, like, quote unquote, new Pixies releases is just it's hard to divorce myself from the classic material. And it, I don't even think it's because the songs are objectively worse than the classic material. It's just because that material is hardwired into my brain at this point. I know right. those songs like the back of my hand. I grew up listening to them. They're some of my favorite songs ever penned, and they are the soundtrack to distinct periods of my life, mm -hmm. which these new songs don't have the distinction of being. Uh, and I think, like, sitting and trying to listen to them objectively, uh, objectively, at least these two new songs that I heard, I think if you threw them on a classic record and I had the same kind of emotional relationship to them that I do the classic material, they are basically indiscernible in terms of actual quality. Well, I'll they check are, it out. They're very good. I haven't listened to the whole record yet, so I'm definitely speaking out, um, I'm speaking out of turn here because I can't fully endorse this yet, but I can endorse at least the first two tracks on the new Pixies record. Right. So if your interest was peaked, but you weren't quite, you were still on the fence of whether you're going to give it your time, I can tell you that at least the first eight or so minutes of the record is good. Okay. So I'm probably going to listen to the rest of it when I get home tonight. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. You got anything? Well, we already talked about cheating. 
in walleye fishing. Right, yeah. Off, off air, we talked right. about cheating in walleye fishing. Who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought, right? right? Well, I guess anytime there's hundreds of thousands who of dollars thought to be that, I mean, I knew that tournament fishing was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Because when I was younger, mm-hmm. I had these dreams of being a tournament fisherman. Sure. Never panned out. Right. Right? Like so much. Right. I, I, I was reflecting on this. I think I've crossed a threshold where possibility mm-hmm. is now just inevitability. <laughs> Right, yeah, that like there's true. no more possibility in my life. Right, yeah. Right, it's just that the tracks are laid. Sure. And now it's just inevitability. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I wouldn't cut yourself off at the knees quite yet. I think I'm there. I don't think you're I there. I do think yet. I'm there. Like it's just you're uh, still very able-bodied. I know, I know. But just like when you think about opportunities, right? Sure. When you think about like opportunities and sort of like um, I guess the the bandwidth mm-hmm. for things to occur. Yeah. I don't that doesn't exist when you're my age anymore. I think it exists, but you're you're certainly getting diminishing returns on many of your investments. But I I can think of various late in life success stories in which the latter half of a person's life was markedly uh, better and filled with far more opportunity than the former half. Uh, Bukowski comes to mind. Yeah. Very unsuccessful writer for most of his life, and then uh, he just knocked it out of the park and became like a legend. Yeah, but know? he was trying to be a writer. That's true. I've never tried to be anything. <laughs> I, I think you are something you you I are just, accomplished I, I, in your field i just bumble along and things happen right <laughs> yeah well, that's sure. that's the thing so right, like yeah. you know whatever I, I told you like the one possibility i'm hoping for before i die is that i get to run someone through the sword yeah you did mention that when i came down right? tonight yeah but you know whatever uh, we talked so we talked about cheating and walleye fishing sure we watched our uh, nightly, our, our weekly diaper messing videos and adult baby lover videos. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right? What a weirdo fucking world that is. Yeah. Right? What a burn the fucking earth scenario that is. Indeed, yeah. Um, I saw, so, but this ties into this idea of weirdos. Mm-hmm. And we said, like, we were watching that video of that um, really made up, but probably underneath all that attractive woman like trying on diapers Mm -hmm. and like what a fucking disaster that is sure and you're like god can you imagine like getting invested in somebody and then this comes out right i said this comes out right away sure there's no way you can you can paint over what this is right and my one anecdotal experience with something similar to that i did point out it it did come out rather quickly and i was able to bow out and say no thanks right like like if that's your thing it comes out pretty quick sure whether it's just a few sort of like tells in Mm -hmm. your dress or language or whatever. Right. right. And I said it would be kind of like dressing you and I up is, you know, in suits or whatever, and then expecting people to not believe, you know, to, to believe that like we're totally like regular legit dudes. Yeah, if I'm in a suit, I think the assumption is that I have a parole hearing. If I'm in a suit, I look I'm either I, I, it's ill-fitting. I've never found a suit that fits me, but like... Yeah, you'd have to get that tailored. I look awful, mm-hmm. and um, I'm either in a wedding I don't want to be or someone died. Sure, yeah. Right? Yes. I don't even own one. Right. right? Yeah, nor do I. So on that tip of just like unabashed weirdness that you just can't cover up Mm -hmm. that pops up. I saw yesterday morning a fucking black leather duster in the wild. Oh, hell yeah, dude. (laughs) Hell yeah. I don't know if I told you, but that is, uh, so was this, this was presumably like not on a young fashionable person, right? No. Okay. It was not, which it doesn't matter. Automatically. Yeah. Auto-fucking-matically, auto mm-hmm. the word duster yeah. absolutely cancels out the descriptor fashionable. I, I would I would agree with that assertion, but 
there are like particular there's a particular subsect of of New York fashion ladies, young women who are really into like black leather dusters They're the right now. They're the only ones that can pull it off because it's ironic. And and it's also because they have a very brief window yep. of time when they're like, you know, a young, attractive art student right. and they can just get away with it. They're the only ones that can possibly pull it off. I was going to say there's, yeah. there's no, there's not a person alive because it's such an, an anachronistic piece of garb. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's right. nonsense. It's nonsense. Yeah. You might as well wear a tricorn hat yeah. and expect people to think, yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. So, but you're, you're right. Those are the only people that could that could pull it off. Right. Yes. Right. So I was driving to work. Fucking, I don't know. It was like 8 a.m. yesterday. Yeah. Duster walking across the street. Sick. Always little dude. Yeah. Always. Of course. Little wiry dude. Probably mid 30s to mid 40s. Yeah. Right. Graying hair parted down the middle. Right. Long shoulder length. Always. Okay. Fucking always. Yeah. Right. I fucking drive. In fact, I found a picture of a man wearing a duster mm-hmm. that looks almost exactly like the person that I saw. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the guy, right? right. That's the, that's a duster guy all day, and, and like stalking along. Right? Sure, yeah. I drive by, mm-hmm. right, and I swear to God, he looks over his right shoulder at me. Yeah, it, this doesn't work in this medium, but it works for you, and I don't sure. really care if anybody's listening. Right? right, yeah. He looks over his shoulder at me like this as I drive by, because he knows I. He fucking knows I'm looking at him for wearing right. that duster. Of course, like, yeah. He yeah. fucking knows. He's got the shades on in the duster, and he goes like this. Hold on. <laughs> like, 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 he, like Dracula or something. Yeah, he, yeah, like, yeah. he like lowers his head a little bit, and then like cocks it and looks over his shoulder really quick as I drive yeah. past, laughing yeah. at him. <laughs> Fucking rules, dude. And like, like every once in a while, you see somebody who is either so disconnected, yeah, that they just don't fucking get it. Like you can't the the Matrix only looks cool on the screen, <laughs> right? Yes, of course, yeah. Right? The Duster only looks cool on the fucking Undertaker. If you put it on, right. yeah, you look stupid. Yes, <laughs> if you saw the Undertaker walking down the street, right. he looks stupid. Yeah, context is everything for that type of shit, man. <laughs> right, and there he is on a nice sunny Saturday morning walking down the street with right. his duster on. It's like, a, yeah, dude, I, I think people people don't have a, a strong grasp on like contextual, con, contextual coolness. Like anime, for example, is very very contextually cool right usually only within the scope of you watching that anime by yourself in your home is right. cool so like when people try to appear as anime protagonists in real life the disconnect the chasm between the screen or the page and the reality is a thousand miles wide and that that's why i was saying people that wear dusters in public yeah we will for now for now mm-hmm. exclude young 20-something art students. Sure, yes. Female art students. Right, yes. Male art students, don't yeah, try no, it. No, don't can't try do it. it. You can't, you can't do, it, do it, No, absolutely not. You can't fucking do it, right? Yeah. Um, Like, people that wear dusters in public. Yeah. People that wear diapies and mess them at home. <laughs> right? Sure. People that are heavily invested in, and quote-unquote, identify with anime. Right, yes. They can't hide that. No, they can't no, no, keep no. that under the surface. Right. Right? Yeah. And so that shit always bubbles up. They always look fucking retarded. Yes, Always. You always, will forever. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is not 1871, <laughs> and you are not in Oklahoma. Yeah. Right? I, it brings me full circle to, like, my own personal experience with dusters. I never had one. Um, but a man, a man in my life that I'll just say, not to reveal too much about my own life, a man in my life who 
you have an intimate window into his mm -hmm. um oh he definitely his decaying material. sanity right. duster right when years ago when the matrix came out I, i'm thinking about people who are just like whatever the cultural moment is like they don't have the fortitude of like personal spirit to not just be swept up in whatever is happening like there's a dude right. i know for example who He's a guy I know in passing, played in some bands, really nice dude, you know, not shitting on him, whatever. But like every new comic book uh, property that comes out, like on the screen, he loves it without fail, with no critique. He's like, oh my God, it's so good. To the point where I like commented just jokingly on one of his posts about like, I don't know, some new Marvel show or something. I said, are you working for Marvel? <laughs> like, are they paying you, dude? And he's like, no, I just love it. And I was like, yo, Props to you. I'm glad somebody is out here moving through life, loving everything. That's probably a sick life. But I think there's also a type of person who just whatever the cultural moment is, that's their thing in that exact moment. And this individual in my life, when the Matrix came out, was like a portly, you know, approaching middle-aged individual who... Uh, he wasn't approaching middle age, actually. He was like, he was probably, he was actually probably younger than I am now, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, he was, he probably, was like, he was like 30. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but still far too old to be caught up in a cultural moment, I would say, I would argue. Uh, not a cool guy in it, by any stretch of the imagination and how he presents visually. And he bought, like, he went out, I, I shit you not, within like a week of the movie coming out, he went out and purchased a leather duster. Dude. Uh, yeah, well, see, wa seeing this guy, like, I'm pretty yeah. sure this guy thought he was in the Matrix. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, or like Vampire the Masquerade, or something you know? stupid, sure, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, it's uh, it got me thinking about like the Matrix in general, mm -hmm. and how much of it like indelible stamp that kind of put on things. Sure. Right. I don't think like uh, a lot of what we see in the new in new metal in the '90s. Yeah. Blade. Blade 2 doesn't fucking happen with the, without the Matrix. That's true. Well, Blade doesn't fucking... I mean, as a comic book, it was already there. Sure, But, yeah. like, the way, it, the way it was fucking oh, yeah. shown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You don't get... Yeah, you don't get shit like Triple X. Right. And stuff. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I right. think the Matrix create... That's so... It's such an interesting and, and, like, sad story because on paper, the Matrix is cool. And I when I revisit it, I really still enjoy it a lot. And it is a really... Uh, I think it's, like a surprisingly adept uh, and cohesive blending of a lot of different influences that don't, you wouldn't expect to work well together like Ghost in the Shell and anime and like uh, like William Gibson, like cyberpunk stuff. Right. But it was literally just in that moment was it cool and good. Right. And like it had no broader application. Like no. it only in its little self-contained universe was it cool. The yeah. Any mirror, any mirroring of it in culture at large is fucking awful. And it just, it bleeds out. So any yeah. mirror, mirroring of it in like entertainment culture yes. is awful. Yeah. But then any, any then like mirroring and reflection of it in actual just day to day livelihood. Yeah. Terrible. The phrase, what if I told you? Sure. Yes. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That never shows up. No, no, no. The right? blue pill, red blue pill, pill thing. Red pill, yeah. All that shit yeah, that, that, that doesn't show up. Yeah. All the fucking memes. Yeah. Right. Uh, probably simulation theory. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that shows up. Right. Right. This guy not yeah. walking down the fucking street Saturday at 9 a.m. Almost certainly not. Wearing a duster. Yeah. The, the the Wachowskis are to blame for a lot of things. They are. A lot of things. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's a coincidence that they never did anything good one time after that.
No. That was it. They had they just had the one in them. Right. Like the Matrix itself I saw in the theaters. I wanted a date. Yeah. And I saw it and I immediately wanted to go back and see it. Yeah. Again. It's sick. And like, it, it it really stands I, up I to revisiting. I completely forgot about my date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was just like, fuck yeah. And was like super <laughs> yeah, into it. Completely forgot. Uh, like it's all I talked about at dinner. Sure. Right? Yeah. Which, you know. Probably a mistake. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, we we hung it out for a little while. Yeah. But then I laughed at her about some stupid shit. Sure. And, you know, that doesn't help either. Yeah, yeah. No, right? not at all. You know, when <laughs> someone asks you for help and you mock them. <laughs> yeah, that usually puts puts people off too. Yeah, that probably puts things off. But whatever, you know. Yeah. But like, yeah, I came out of the theaters, but I still wasn't like, I'm going to fucking no. dress like of that. Of course not. I, I, <laughs> it is... It is. It's just wild when adults do it because, as a child, sure. Sure. When I got into Dragon Ball Z as a kid, I may have talked about this on the show before, but the character Trunks appeared, and I saw him before he made his English broadcast debut because my homie had all of the Japanese VHS imports, right? Yeah. So I saw the character of Trunks, the first character in the in the series to go Super Saiyan after uh, Son Goku, and I thought he was the coolest thing ever. And this was like, you know. The, the year 1998 or whatever. I was like eight or nine years old. And I immediately started tucking my cargo pants into a pair of boots, wearing a tank top, and parting my hair in the middle and yeah. spiking it up on the side. I would love to see that. Oh, dude, I, I think there is one or two like pieces of photographic evidence yeah. of this. And I was also a portly little kid. Right. So it was like, it was like a perfect storm, right? And eight or nine is like, even pushing it, I would say, I that's so up the uh, the, uh, I, the upper limit. I I think I th yeah like I think like cartoons yeah is probably like maybe twelve yeah 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 right yes that's like emulating cartoons. emulating cartoons yeah sure emulating something like the Matrix yeah there's a hard cut off high school graduation I would say so yeah hard fucking cut off I would say so in high school experiment do your thing be strange right in that way and then after that it's it's time hard to fucking on. cut off yeah for sure right if yeah. you can die for your country mm -hmm. you better stop acting like it's a fucking matrix <laughs> absolutely right yeah for sure all right well let's get into it okay cool that was probably the most uh i would say like the most sort of meandering and like untethered to anything uh <laughs> intro that we've had in a while but a duster gets you thinking a duster when you does, see yeah, an adult yeah, yeah. male wearing uh, wearing a duster yeah 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 gets you thinking absolutely it gets you thinking about a lot of shit um so uh the queue tonight is uh it's interesting there's a lot a lot of again a varied queue some stuff in here I, there's a, a a high uh amount of shit like a high proportion of shit that i just straight up have no idea what to expect which good. i kind of like good so first up we have got nowhere with their record worth this is a band out of omaha nebraska who would who would have thunk it i've been to omaha not a lot popping there um well, i mean i guess they had a, like a pretty popping indie rock scene for a long time but still not a place you would expect culture to come out of this was sent in by jared um said it's pretty good didn't provide any other additional context then we have got mattress roach with whitby's most wanted this is a band from uh it doesn't actually say oh bulgaria okay let's see bulgaria bulgaria okay this was sent in by uh by tim neff said it's some like uh dancey electronic stuff with uh, yeah i don't know his description of it was 
was was strange. Then we have got Night Feeder with Cut All of Your Face Off. Um, so this is a Jay Styles band out of Seattle. We've talked about this. I thought we actually had this on. I thought show. I thought we did too, but I, I checked, know we had the demo. On. We definitely had the demo on this stuff. I haven't listened to this yet, but I mean, if you know what any Jay Styles project sounds like, you know this is going to rip. And the demo was fucking great. Yeah, with the exception of what, the Chicken Chest and the Bird Boys. That's a little bit different. I don't know about that one. Is that real? It's not as good as the rest. Are you making that up? I'm not making Chicken that up. Chicken Chest and the Bird Boys. Chicken Chest and the Bird Boys. Okay, I don't know if that's real, but I'm going to, I'll is. verify it off, it off air. It is. Uh, this, this, uh, this was sent in by, uh, by our local buddy, John Fett. I still don't believe you about Chicken Chest and the Bird Boys. Then we have got uh, Heron, Haren, H-A-R-E-N, with their demo. This is a band out of Spain, and it was sent in by Liz. Says that it is some good punk shit. Then we have got Saren with their self-titled release. This is a band out of Chicago. Uh, they just have one song up for streaming right now. The full release comes out on November 25th. This was sent in by Zach. And uh, we had Saren on the show very, very early. Uh, yeah, we had him on a couple times. At least they've been in the queue a couple times. We know we had him on early. We had him on we early. we had him in the queue at one point. And, and Mike, who sings for this band, was kind enough to be uh, one of the first people, if not the first person, to actually he, send us a physical record. Person. Yep. Um, then we have got Ready for Death with their self-titled release. This is another Chicago band. It was sent in by Will. Um, so he he said this is this features Dan from Race Trader, uh, which is a buddy of his from back in the day. But he said even divorced from that pre-existing relationship, he thinks that these are uh, some old hardcore dudes like doing it doing it well and deserves uh, deserves some play. Then we have got Victims Panel with Show Them. This was sent in by Jay, who plays in the band. Jay, most notably of Sidetracked, uh, who's been doing it for a very fucking long time and who we've had on the show before. This is one of his new projects. Then we have got Slug with Continuing Growth. We've had this on uh, this band on the show before as well. I think we had like their demo, our first EP on I the show. We had the demo on. Yeah, so uh, this is a band out of Cleveland, Ohio. They're on Delayed Gratification Records and part of that whole greater Ohio scene. Um, this was sent in by Vince. Who, uh, who said that this band has gotten much better since we initially had them on the show. And even when we first had them on the show, I was like, hey, that's pretty good, fun, hardcore stuff. Um, then we've got Collapsed Memory with No Logical Sequences. Uh, this is a band out of uh, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, UK. It was sent in by Pete, who said, um, you know, it's, it's not hardcore or punk per se, but it's definitely in the spirit of it. The description, like name checks tangerine dream but also talks about ambient industrial occult sound design we have definitely had straight up noise on this show before so i think it is within the purview of the show and then last up we have cadaverous with remnants of violence this is a uh, a newer death metal band out of indianapolis and it was sent in by ty um i've seen them on a few show flyers recently but i haven't gotten around to listening to it yet so let's uh, roll the dice all right six Okay, six is Ready for Death. Uh, you can find this at readyfordeath.bandcamp.com. Uh, like I said, I know that this features Dan from Race Trader, and I'm not sure who else. I think it's maybe some, like some fellow Chicago hardcore alums. Uh, the song that Will suggested we listen to is the second one that they have up for streaming. There's just two. This is a 10-song release. Um, they have got Worldwide Blackout up for streaming, so uh, we're gonna we're going to listen to that one. Oh, my God. 
All right, we just heard the song Worldwide Blackout by Ready for Death off of their uh, upcoming uh, self-titled full length, which drops on December 9th. How'd you feel about that? Uh, that wasn't what I was expecting. I did like yeah. it. Yeah, it was um, pretty good, it right? Was, it was a bit bur- It was a well, so I didn't look at the bottom, of course. Yeah, nor so did because, I. Um, but you said like hardcore dude still doing it, right? Yeah. I was really girding myself for introspective sort of wizened old men. Yes. Right? Yeah, this is and the other end this of was the, the old other guy. End of the, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, for th- sure. This was I like this. this. This was good. It says th- metal and thrash. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of post stuff in there too. Oh, absolutely. It's on translation loss, so that fits the bill. Yes. Um, at times, this this reminded me of like some of the burly sort of like late '90s, early 2000s sort of like metallic hardcore, but not metalcore like the Swarm or something like that, like a Chris Callahan project. Yeah. So I was gonna mention so. One of the guys who plays guitar in this uh, also was in Ash Chapel. Ah, well, that makes, makes perfect a, sense. Which makes a lot of sense. Who was it? Uh, Dallas Thomas. Oh, yeah, Dallas. Yeah. yeah, Dallas Thomas. He was in Ash Chapel. He also did a stint in Sweet Cobra and maybe Pelican, I want to say. I don't think that he was on any yeah. Pelican records, but he toured with them. That, out, that, that Ash Chapel show is the one where the water line broke in the basement and was spraying water all over the place at the house. Oh, okay. Word. I don't, I don't know that I... I don't know if I was, was at that show. Early, yeah, that was maybe 2005 or so. Yeah, I probably, that was probably like right before I started going to shows there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like as soon as I looked up, looked up because I was just looking up the dudes in the band to see like what else they had been in. And as soon as I uh, saw that this dude had like one of the guitarists had played in Ash Chapel as well, I was like, okay, that, that tracks perfectly. Completely makes sense. Yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by this too. So yeah, this is definitely the other end of the old guy spectrum. There is like the... The leaning into introspective melodicism, and then there is the just kind of going for a yeah a general sort of burly, crusty, heavy post everything approach. Uh, there's a band end that I think actually one of the dudes uh, Andy who also plays in like played in like Fallout Boy and stuff. Notably, I think he plays in end as well, and they're also like on a burlier kind of like darker hardcore slash post metal slash post hardcore tip, and that is definitely like. I guess the the sort of like tried and true Chris Callahan lane that is also a space that like older dudes graduate to and do and when there are people with like the chops and resume of the it, it, resumes of the individuals involved in this it usually turns out like at the very least fairly unobjectionable sure you know what I mean and I thought that this was a really I thought this was really solid. Yeah, I the the production on it seemed really stuffy. It did, yeah, yeah, stifled, yeah, for sure. But as yeah. it as it went along, I that kind of grew on me. Yeah, I like the fact that it wasn't like hyper clear and for sure and big. Yes, um, the artwork definitely has distinct like high production value old guy translation lost vibes. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought this was pretty solid. I'm gonna check out the check out the other song that's up here, Cyborg Priest, as well. And I I, I have to, uh, as a man who is like rapidly aging myself, I think I'm I am simultaneously like want to hold aging hardcore dudes to account, but also when they're doing it well, I am uh, I'm eager to give them their props. You know what I mean? Like when this shit doesn't suck, especially when compared to so much stuff that does go hard the opposite direction and they want to like reflect on their fucking fatherhood over like phoned in revolution summer riffs. Right. This is a, this is always a breath of fresh air. Right. right. So yeah, I thought this was really solid and I will probably re- uh, revisit, uh, revisit this when the entire record comes out in a couple of months. Yeah. Um, all right. What's next? Seven.
All right, Seven is uh, is the newest Slug release. This just came out on September 23rd. You can find this at slugclevo.bandcamp.com, and the record is Continuing Growth. It is a five-song EP, uh, and I believe this is coming out in the form of like a taper seven-inch on delayed gratification, but there's not a link on uh, on the Bandcamp because you can't actually put external links on Bandcamp because they don't want you sending your traffic elsewhere to purchase things because that's how... That's the dystopia that we live in. Um, so... I think the song that was suggested to us is the fourth track on here, Cold. So uh, we're going to listen to the song Cold by Slug off of Continuing Growth. We just heard the song Cold by the band Slug off of their new release, Continuing Growth. So first thing, Roses up first. Roses before Thorns always. I really like the artwork. Not always. No, no, not always, right? But in in this instance. (laughs) Most of the time not. Most of the time not, actually, right? (laughs) But I've been trying to be better about it lately. Lead with the kind words, right? Um, I really, really like the art to this. It looks sick. Um, If I saw this on a record and I didn't know what it was, I would definitely flip it over and say, hey, who who put this out? What's the vibe on this? I think the art is sick. Um, Let me see if they... They don't say who does it. Maybe on the Delayed Gratification Records website it specifies. I would like to know who did that because I like it a lot. Um, so I I will say uh, I don't know that this is significantly better than the demo from what I recall of the demo. I think it's very much in the same vein. The production value is there. I, I like the production on this overall. It felt kind of roomy but uh, still beefy. There was a... A, prod- a modern sensibility about it that wasn't too polished. Everything still felt organic. It still felt like people playing music in a room together, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. Uh, levels were great. The vocal production was good. Something you pointed out and that I was thinking right before you said it, the thing that really hobbles this for me is the vocal phrasing and delivery on this, like the stretched syllables over that kind of like match the exact rhythmic delivery of the guitar. I 
it really stuck in my craw. Yeah. So it, it's hard for me to really even think about anything else. It reminded me of a lot of like um, vintage hardcore of this sort. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's very middling. Yes, exactly. For yeah. sure. Yes. And and that unfortunately is kind of how I feel about this too and kind of how I felt about the demo where I think this is fine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that this sucks. They're, they're, the playing is decent. The songwriting is is getting the job done. And I think that for what they're going for, they're probably landing right there. Because I think that they're sure. trying to, I think that they're trying to recreate exactly the type of stuff that we're referencing. Mm -hmm. And that's all good. I think that they're getting the job done. It just doesn't really appeal to me. And like, I, I, I will say with a lot of these delayed gratification records bands, Almost every time I see them live, I'm like, this is a good band. I still don't go back and revisit the records and put them on. They're largely not to my taste, but like N Love, for example, I've booked them at the house a couple times and I've played with them at least once or twice elsewhere. And we kind of had a similar feeling about them on the show. We're like, yo, this is good. It's not really to my taste. Every time I see them live, I'm like, yeah, they put on a great show. I genuinely like watching the band. And I found that about a couple of these DGR bands. And I imagine I would probably feel the same way about Slug. I'm sure kids would go off to them. I'm sure they put on a good show. Also, from my experience, pretty much everybody involved in this scene are, are nice and fun people to be around, which certainly helps as well. So I don't have anything bad to say about this. It's just like, I think it's fine, you know? Yeah, that's how I, I, that's how I felt about it. I felt like, I did feel like most of the song... This, this this is a great example of a song where everybody's just waiting for the last 30 seconds. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, the, the, the meat of the song felt a bit meandering. Right. For sure. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, 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 um, if I heard this, this, this reminds me of sort of a hardcore that's, that uh, hardcore of an era that's sort of between the youth crew of the late 80s. Yes. And the metallic hardcore of the fucking 90s. Yeah, absolutely. And it's sort of in between there yes and there's a lot of bands that sound like this that i totally just forget about yeah no yeah 100 percent. right yes it, it, they just don't stand out this definitely had a vintage sound to it like that yes i didn't hate it i really didn't like the vocal delivery yeah um but you know whatever yeah yeah for sure i i know a lot of people like this a lot of people connect with a lot of these delayed gratification bands and i understand why for sure i think it's like this ohio scene that is centered around that label is like very vital and lively they big up each other's bands anytime their bands come up on the show i am always like supportive of what they're doing even if it doesn't land with me i will say though so the band that we had from that general scene that we liked the most by far is that lexan band yeah and we talked about like yo yeah, yeah, yeah. you should really lean into this i will say i won't i won't blow it for everybody but I did get a message from the DGR crew uh, showing some things that they have planned for Lexan, and it's fucking sick. Cool. And they, they are 100% like leaning into it in exactly the way that we were hoping they would. Cool. So I'm very stoked. Good to hear. Very stoked to see what comes from that project. But yeah, like I said, I thought the demo was just fine, was solid, getting done what it aims to. From what I heard of this EP, same deal. Not really for me, but no beef with it. And live, I'm sure it would go over. Have you know? fun. Yeah, for sure. This is fun hardcore. That's what it's aiming to be. And yeah, sure. Right. Um, all right. What's next? Even though the lyrics are about how much fun they're not having. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How they're always desperate and alone and cold, <laughs> right. stabbed in the back and <laughs> right. left out on, on, on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yes, absolutely. What a bunch of fucking crybabies. <laughs> uh, seven again.
All right, seven is, uh, this is the collapsed memory stuff. Collapsed memory with no logical sequences. You can find this at cruelnaturerecordings.bandcamp.com. Um, so yeah, that's, okay, that's where the label is based out of. I'm not actually sure where this project is based out of. Um, it doesn't say in the write-up like below. So this may be a UK band. It may just be put out via the label, you know, that is based in the UK. Um, so I was told that track five onward would probably be probably be the ones to play on the show to select from any of those um so we'll just we'll start at five then we'll just listen to that one sure uh so we're going to listen to night nurse by collapsed memory off of no logical sequences What a scintillating listen. Indeed. This is a thing that... that <laughs> what an offense that we would even play three minutes. Like, I'm going to say. Yeah. I didn't mind that. Sure. But that is not, that is not like, listening. 
Let's let's no, put no, this no, on no, a podcast. No, no. Let's put this on the radio yeah. and listen. This that's the thing, right? Yeah. Right. So so I was gonna say so I, I wanted to point out this comes with a twenty four page zine. The tape looks good. It is uh, humorously limited in its in its release. Um, looks like they did a, 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 a an edition of ten, and that the demand was so high that they they re, they repressed it to for an in an edition of thirty. Right. Um, so this comes with a zine. This is something that works a lot better with visual accompaniment and when listened to in isolation and like full immersion. This is yeah. This is a private listen. Absolutely. And yeah, full immersion with some vision. We say this all the time with noise, right? Yeah. Like unless it's unless it's absolutely really captivating. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To the point that like you know it's there's just something it's it's not droning it, it, it's it's very captivating it's driving it yes. just grabs your attention right um usually this is stuff like this should not generally be listened to by the public no this this is this is the worst possible format to to present <laughs> i'm that. sure people thought something was fucking wrong <laughs> yeah yes yeah yeah absolutely right so so you know i i, I don't want to uh i don't want to diss you pete you know what i'm saying like you, you you put you put it out there. You said, "Hey, you've played country on the on the podcast now. Surely this no, isn't outside noise, the scope." We've had noise on right, and, and you're is, not wrong. This is well more inside the scope than than um than yeah. What Rachel Angel? Rachel Angel last it's week. Way more so. This is well more because so, this is outsider. This is this yes. is meant to be off putting. Absolutely, it's just not great for a morning drive. No, um, I like this because I, yeah, I, I I have like you know. I have sort of like, uh, I guess, personal sort of like attachments that I, I have with music like this. Yeah. Um, or noise non, like Yes, this. non-music. Non-music right. like this. The tape looks good, really tape, good, the too. The tape looks great. I would put this on in a heartbeat for like a private drive somewhere. Sure. I'm going to listen to the rest of it. Yeah. I would like to buy it. Yeah. Depending upon what the rest of it sounds like. Agreed. Also... It works better. I, I don't know if this is the case. This is why I want to investigate the rest of it. For me, anyway, um, if the tracks like there is a track order, yeah, there's like and, a cohesion. And they tell there, there's a cohesive sort of narrative. Yeah. I'm not saying necessarily a story or right. a theme, yeah, but there's a cohesive sort of audio narrative, yeah, like a sonic through line, right? For sure, yeah. And like, because I was imagining that in the background of a quake level. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, great. For like a very atmospheric, mm-hmm. like 90s FPS or something, right. like that's great. So there's plenty of context in which I can enjoy this, absolutely. On my weekly punk podcast is probably not the place you right. know what i mean so this is this is uh this is a this is a fucking mood killer yes yeah absolutely whatever it, the mood is right whatever the mood is this fucking this derails fucking it. kills it. yes yeah for right. sure yeah this is this is really sucks the energy out of the room that's also if you ask me kind of the point of course right yeah so it doesn't lend itself great to a <laughs> to a music a weekly music podcast but hey i'm sure there are enough listeners that are interested in noise that this will maybe get it a little a little play a little traction so i'm gonna listen to the rest of it as as will i for sure so thank you for sending that in even though this is probably the worst conceivable format to listen to it still uh not not bummed that this came across our desk because it it's cool uh what's up next geez seven again this is cadaverous with remnants of violence you can find this at cadaverousdeath.bandcamp.com this is uh Three-piece uh, death metal band from Indianapolis. They have an EP that uh, came out in uh, like December of uh, 2021. Um, and like I said, I've seen them on some flyers. I think they've played some shows with like obscene down there and Dude, shit. These these dudes could not look more like 
Um, I'm just going to take a step here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These dudes could not look more like ex-hardcore dudes into death metal than they do in that fucking picture. Yeah, 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 I know what you're saying. Two fat guys with glasses and beards. Yes. Right? There's a backwards hat. Backwards hat. Yep. Right? Witch vomit, cannibal corpse, I think maybe bleeding or something like that. Incantation. incantation, Right? Those are the three shirts. Sure. Kind of a what make the wide stance, right? Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. The big thing here is the camera angle is pointing down, so they look very short. Right. Because usually the camera angle is pointing up, <laughs> pointing so they up, look right? Big and mean. Yes. But like these dudes, these dudes almost epitomize like the modern death metal. Yes. Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young dude, look. Yes, for especially sure. the two heavy set guys with beards and glasses. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So uh, actually, let, they all three have glasses. Let's. Uh, they got the fifth song on this queued up to play right, right in the middle of the record. So we're gonna listen to "I Want to Kill" by Cadaverous off of Remnants of Violence. Yeah, they don't actually want to. Probably not. And if they do, they're not gonna. Right. Each time I'd harm someone, each time I'd kill someone, there'd be an enormous amount. Of, uh, especially at first uh, enormous amount of, of, of horror guilt remorse afterwards but then that impulse to do it again would come back even stronger Brings me life 
We just heard the song I Want to Kill by Cadaverous off of Remnants of Violence, uh, their uh, their full length that just came out September 23rd. Nate, you want to take it? You want me to start? I'll go ahead. Okay. I, I thought this was pretty good. I like this. Um, it was The recording was much more lo-fi than I expected, yeah. given the artwork and everything else. Mm-hmm. I thought this was fine. I thought this was pretty good, like, lo-fi. Um death metal that harkened back to like a much earlier era sure uh the first song on gallery of suicide by cannibal corpse is mm-hmm. i will kill you yes I, so i was gonna say this is very obvious in what it's thematically going for. and lyrically yes right yes. And, and 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 there's definitely a lot i don't know maybe not george fisher era cannibal corpse in this mm-hmm. but like some of those riffs were definitely yes. uh, evocative of that absolutely the vocalist um the vocalist had, a dis- to my mind, a decided, at least the way it showed up in the recording, a decidedly old school sort of sound. This sounded like an early, like Chris Reefert. Sure. Autopsy. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, whatever they're trying to sound like. You know yes. what I mean? It, it's just what that dude's voice reminded me of. At times, it kind of reminded me, um, I don't I, I don't want to say it's as good as, but at times it reminded me like Chris Reefert or like uh, Cam Lee or something sure. like that from Massacre. Yeah. Um, but it it's was just not a massacre. Damn, that's really fucking so good, fucking good. Cam Lee sounds so fucking yeah, good. He sounds insane. Um, I'm not saying that this dude sounds like Cam Lee, but it just kind of like had that sort of old school, still intelligible, but you know, growled delivery. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I thought this was pretty good. It definitely was leaning into some Cannibal Corpse and some older influences. The only thing that kind of held it back for me is just kind of uh, the, the quality of the recording. Yeah. I expected something a lot slicker and bigger in my ears, and this was kind of like all right there in the middle and kind of yeah quiet. Yes, yeah, so I think this was really, really hobbled by the production. The only thing that sounded good was uh, the, the drums, which were recorded by our buddy Carl, mm-hmm. who knows what he's doing, who runs a studio down there called Clandestine Arts. It looks like it was mixed and mastered by someone else, and the rest of the recording was recorded by someone else. You should have just had Carl do the whole thing, because then this would have sounded a lot a lot fucking better. The vocal production on this in particular really, mm. really bummed me yeah. out. It was very upfront and it was very, very dry. Very dry. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mix on this, like this, the sound of the guitars, everything like this, I think hobbled what could have been a way, way better product because there were riffs in here. Most of the riffs in here, in fact, I liked quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's definitely some players here. Yes, this is a, this is clearly a good band, right? Uh, the only part of the song that I think really um, like stuck out to me as like a, a clear mistake was when they slowed it down um, and and went into an like a an almost like a I'm sure it's unintentional, but like a semi deathcore part. Mm. It was like a little bit atmospheric, and I thought it really sucked out the momentum of the song and just didn't work. You could have probably trimmed a good minute and a half off of that song by just omitting that, and I think it would have gotten the job done a lot better. That's just my taste, right? I liked I liked the general energy and momentum of the song until they reached that point. So 
I think for me, like it would be tough for me to stomach like a full 11 tracks of this with, with this that, production. Yes, I, I totally agree. On and that. it bums me out because the presentation is slick, like aesthetically, visually. And I also like because I am eternally a child, a thing that I love about death metal of this stripe is that it's one of the last genres in which it's needlessly provocative with no sort of ideological underpinnings to it, right? right? It's just fully like we want to offend and be blasphemous right. and evil because it's cool and fun, right? right? Which I appreciate about there's, this. There's such a juxtaposition between the artwork and the audio quality. Yes. Like, yeah, I do think that, that well, how many songs is this? 11, 11 songs. Hey, first off, props. Roses Before Thorns, props. Yes. You wrote an actual fucking record. 100%. Right? Yeah. This isn't some bullshit fucking five song LP. Right, yeah. Witch Vomit LP that sure. they're putting out. This is an actual, that 20 Bucks Spin is putting out. Right. With, under like 15 different variants. Sure. This is an actual fucking, like, yeah full-on record right there's you know uh, close to an hour of music on this right 45 50 minutes yes right so congratulations for sure that's fucking awesome i agree i just wish this sounded better i wish this this because this would get i, I would not want to listen to an hour that sounds like this no. and there's such a juxtaposition of like like conflict between the artwork yeah like did you steal that is that an original piece yeah because because you, you paid for you that? paid for that yeah you you had to have paid for that they have a they have a cool logo that yeah. they clearly paid for the art is like high quality like painterly you know what i right. mean like this it's is like a, i mean i mean it, yeah the art the art's really fucking good yes it's, it's really it's good as good as anything chris moyan or Absolutely. like joe patano is gonna do you you paid for this it's 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 fucking it, it repka it's it's fucking sick yes 100 right? definitely fucking paid for this why the fuck didn't you pay for a better recording because i fucking guarantee the dudes in this band yeah they know that this recording sucks yeah they have to right because because if they know what they're doing enough to like to to ask for art like this to like sign off on a logo that looks like that and to write riffs that were as good as most of the riffs in that song and like, you've clearly listened to death metal right yes like since 1987 100% right this is this is as you pointed out this is a distinctly old school flavor this is this is not a modern iteration of death metal right, right? this passes for a 6 song fucking demo in 88 yes this quality a uh, demo now but this quality does not pass for an 11 song full length right. with this kind of fucking like artistic presentation yeah for sure like the production on this was just it was unfortunately too clumsy and for i me bet you they look. got like three different fucking shirts too yes yeah probably yeah five shirt designs right. and this is good and this is just out on a cd as well well you know what i mean that's Which, the times well it's the times and also it's like but there is a subsect of death metal that's like cd death metal yeah, you know what i mean I and know, I this know. is cd death metal and uh i would just like to hear this with like good production you know right. like so next time like i said just go to carl have him do the whole thing because right. he will fucking kill it. Don't even tell him what how you want it to sound. Because Carl He'll, knows death metal. He knows he will he will get it done right. You know what right. I mean? Like uh, the the dude played in and the dude played in one of the best Indianapolis bands metal bands, one of the best Indiana metal bands of all time. Right. right? And the dude very much knows what he's doing in this studio. 
just have him do it next time. There's no fucking way you guys think this is a good recording. Right, yeah. So uh, an unfortunate, like I said, unfortunately hobbled by the production because most, mostly everything else about that I, I, I thought was good. Yeah. And I didn't love the vocals, but I think with a different production, buried a little bit, little reverb on them, whatever, they would work a zillion times better. Yeah, I'm not saying that it was... It, it just reminded me. Of sure. It. I don't yeah, want yeah. to be like, this fucking guy thinks it sounds like Cam Lee. No, I fucking don't. Right, yes. Right? It just reminded me of that style. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, all right, cool. Let's roll the dice. All right. Two. All right, two is uh, Mattress Roach. This is the this is the, the project that Tim sent in. Uh, the, the name of the record is Whitby's Most Wanted, and uh, this is evidently... So, no, I don't this think is this is... Track. This is not Bulgarian. It's Canadian, but they are referencing Bulgarian... Uh, so it's based in, in Canada, it looks like. The combination of metal punk and experimental electronics through Bulgarian instrumentalist uh, Zivko Bozdansky and vocals by Canadian Aiden Sibley. That's a weird name. Uh, what? Uh, Zivko... Canadian Aiden Sibley. Canadian Aiden Sibley. <laughs> Canadian, Canadian, <laughs> uh, respect, uh, respect the roach. War is coming. Okay. I'm uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Whatever you say, buddy. Um, yeah, this is just one track. Let's listen to it. We're going to hear uh, Whitby's most wanted by mattress roach.
Okay, we just heard the song Whitby's Most Wanted by uh, the group, The Project, I guess. It's two-man, like, I would presume a recording project. Uh, Mattress Roach, how'd you feel about it? This missed me entirely. Okay. Um, this is going out of its way to be weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, dare I say, even kind of like... <sighs> It's, it's going out of its way to be weird in the same way that, like, people think clowns are creepy. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it doesn't land to me in any way. Yeah. Um, that main sort of, like, that main sort of part of that track, the sort of melody there and mm-hmm. that, that, that sort of looped sort of thing. Yes. That could work in a different context for me a lot, but not in this. Okay. This goes out of its way to be fucking, like, weird and creepy and, and, and stupid the fucking the lyrics what whatever the 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 whole way it was like put together mm-hmm. you know lyrics about i don't know some stupid shit um you know it, it almost it almost reads like uh well there's like three or four there's like three verses and then like a chorus so this reads like at least two pig destroyer songs yes right so like pig destroyer lyrics put behind that that you know electronic sort of whatever mm-hmm. Um, and then the pig mask and the dude with, you know, the pig mask and the phone and the lighter. Hey, you know, what's really creepy. Check this out. Yeah. And then in front of the fucking windmill and, uh, you know, the fucking wheat field or whatever. Right. No, not landing in any fucking way. This is, this is, I ain't saying this is juggalo shit, but this lands in the exact same fucking place as juggalo shit for me. (laughs) Okay. So no, it definitely did not evoke that to me at all. To me, what this evoked exactly, in fact, um, other than the visual presentation, which I don't think lines up with it, is any number of like the one-off uh, electronic projects that we heard oh. doing our Napalm Death deep dive. Oh, yeah, 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 right? yeah, for sure, for One, sure, absolutely. Th- this this not, is definitely a Mick Harris and yes. fucking Justin Broderick sort it, of thing. Absolutely. But with less tact? Yes, 100%, yes. right? Because because the sort of like the the almost like uh, IDM-inspired beat behind it with the harsh, very much like hearkening back to Godflesh-style vocal delivery and production on this, I thought that this was like... I thought this was kind of good. There were things about this that I liked. As you mentioned, I actually really liked the the sort of like core of that main like repeating riff beat, whatever you want to call it, that sample. I, I thought was good. And I thought the vocal delivery was pretty good too. But this does seem to be very up its own ass in a way that um, does yeah. not appeal yeah. to Look me. Look how weird we are. Look how yeah. creepy and unexpected we are. Yeah, like the... No, the, you're totally expected. Yeah, like the profile picture with like the logo and the pig mask and he's, mask and he's in the phone booth with the lighter and shit. Like, yeah. Shove it up your ass. Yeah, the presentation is, uh, is like sophomoric and childish in a way that really puts me off to this. I think tact is the missing component in this because if this, I think sonically it is close to some stuff that I could get with and it's close to some industrial stuff like that I like, like Pharmacon and shit like that. It's really not far off from that. So I think I'm very influenced by the visual presentation of this uh, because if I heard this in a vacuum and also I weren't reading the lyrics that read like like a fucking tormented high school juniors english project they that read, he's trying to reads like two pig destroyer songs it, yeah it, it it does and like 
and but especially in this context, it seems like uh, like a, a would be school shooter sort of English project. Yeah, it's, you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. That's what I mean. Like, I, I don't think this was juggalo shit, but this landed in the same place for me. It felt childish because it feels very fucking stupid and childish. Right. Exactly. If I did honestly, when you were going through when we were, we were going through the lineup at the top of the night mm -hmm. at the top of the episode and I clicked on, I always click on the links as sure. you go through them. Yeah. And I saw the pig mask. I was like, well, this is going to fucking suck. Yeah. Without, without fucking question. Right. Right. Yes. Without fucking question. I had no, no, no hope that this would be at all interesting. Actually, it was more interesting than I thought it was going to be because there yes. was a little bit in there that I liked, but that pig mask is a dead fucking giveaway. <laughs> that This fucking sucks. <laughs> this is a fucking stupid fucking gimmick. Yes. And it has zero fucking tact. If it were more mysterious. Sure. Right. Yes. But there's no mystery here. This right. is just some fucking idiot that thinks they're being creepy and coy. Yes. Yeah, for sure. No, if, if this were like a lost uh, Mick Harris, Justin Broderick, 45 from 1993, fuck with this a lot more. And even if this were just delivered with, again, with any degree of tact <laughs> at all, I think I could probably connect to this on some level. I mean, I mean, respect the roach. War is coming. Shove it yeah, all the way up your fucking you. ass. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck, fuck off. Fuck yourself. Fuck yourself fully in yeah 100%. So it's a shame because there were there were nuggets here of stuff that I that I really liked quite a lot. Um, but the uh, the whole package is just is profoundly off putting to me. Yes, so. exactly. Uh, let's uh, let's roll the dice again because we uh, we only have like two messages this week, cool. so we, we don't have to spend too much time on those. Five, five is uh, victims panel with show them. You can find this at Damien Records six 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 bandcamp.com. So Jay in his email and I saw also like he posted this on social media. Full disclosure, I listened to this yesterday on my own uh, because I just saw Jay post it. He's been describing this as like bone all influenced hardcore. Uh, he name dropped raspberry bulbs. Yeah, I think kind of. Uh, we can listen to a song and and uh, everybody very can, short songs. There, well, and Jay isn't sidetracked, right? That's what so I mean. That's so like, he just can't help himself. Yeah, he get right, 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 exactly. So, so maybe we listen to two. Songs. We should definitely listen to two, right? We'll listen to the first song and then the uh, the title track. So we're gonna listen to "Hide and Show Them" off of "Show Them" by Victims Panel. <laughs>
All right, so we just heard the songs Hide and Show Them off of the record Show Them by Victims Panel. Uh, you can purchase that on cassette via Damien Records. So so I'm just going to, yeah, like I said, I already had feelings about this going into it because I listened to this whole thing yesterday. For my money, I think the brevity of these songs takes away from what this project could be. I agree 100%. Uh, the, these just, so within the context of Sidetracked, which is has a very uh, distinct sort of like well-defined mission statement, the brevity, the punctuated nature of the songs, like it is part and parcel to the project, right? That's like kind of the thesis, I guess, of Sidetracked. I don't think taking that approach to this particular form serves it particularly well. They mm -hmm. they seem like sketches, right? They yes. just don't seem fully... Well, the first one sounded like it came in mid-riff. Right, yes, exactly. So that's how I feel about this release in general. Like, I get what what Jay is trying to do with this, and it I'm sure it sounds profoundly ironic from two dudes who are constantly uh, championing brevity on this show, but I just think that this level of brevity just doesn't serve this form well. There's, there's just more to be done within the confines of this form. And Jay, uh, I know you listen to the show and re we recently kind of talked about this in the demo listen group. You were talking about how, you know, you are in a, you're in a, a, a period of your life where sort of traditional hardcore kind of color by numbers stuff is not really appealing to you and you're more attracted to stuff that is like taking taking risks and maybe trying to do something different rhythmically or like trying to insert more riffs into there and i i just feel like this is kind of the antithesis of of what you expressed in that conversation that we had and i say that with no ire and like total total respect for what you do i just feel like you are a good songwriter, Jay, uh, and I think you could just do a lot more with this form. And Nate, as you pointed out too, I think that the sort of bone all and raspberry bulbs uh, comparison here is mostly in the production choices and the decisions uh, in, in presentation and tone. And apart from that, it very much sounds in line with a lot of uh, just kind of like basement hardcore punk du jour that is happening right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which yeah. I don't think is a bad thing. But like half of a song. Right, exactly. Right? Like, I don't think that this is a million miles away from like, I mean, I'm going to cite very good examples of this, but like Gel or Nosferatu or like whatever, take your pick of band, Warthog or whatever, bands that are doing like a faster basement variation of hardcore punk. Uh, but just with some slightly different production and like tone decisions, you know? And so I just feel like this is not, I don't think this is bad at all. I think the riffs are good in this. And I think my biggest disappointment with this is just like wishing there were more on offer here because the segments of, of these songs that are, are presented, I think are all good. And yeah, I think, you know what I mean? That's exactly it. Like, I wish there was more for me to sink my teeth into. Yeah. Cause like, especially that, that main riff in that second song, I love that riff. Right. I think it's great. Right. Like genuinely a great riff. And right. I'm just like, man, I would like to hear a couple other riffs thrown and, in and, here. And, and, like, and like the way that first track that we hide comes in. Yeah. And then, it, you know, there is the little cutoff there as Bandcamp switched from track to track. Sure. I feel like you could easily blend both of those songs Absolutely. into one good hardcore song. Yes, I agree 100%. Yes, yeah, for sure. So, like I said, I'm sure that this will be to plenty of people's taste, but I, I just think it's really, I think it's really hobbled by, by the brevity, and I would like to hear this project... Um, I would just like to hear like 
this project with more ideas on display. Yeah, you know well, I mean? it says experimental, so work it out, figure it out. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was fine, but there's just not a lot to sink your teeth into. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I, I just don't think, you know, fast core is a genre unto itself. This is like a subgenre unto itself in which like, um, like cartoonishly short songs are are part of the deal and like i think you're also in that format especially with sidetrack they're like you're trying to fit a lot of parts into this like hyper abbreviated format and i think it 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 makes for uh at least occasionally like interesting uh, sonic experiment whereas this i think in every other way except for the song lengths is like two formula for what it's trying to do and that lack of that lack of length just makes it seem like the song ended prematurely. You know what I mean? So that's just my feeling about this stuff. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, yeah, since we got, well, you know let's what? Let's do it again. Yeah, let's show. do it one more time. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's roll it one more time. How many we got left? We got four left. All right, three. All right, three is uh, Heron. I, I, I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced. Maybe Haren. Um, they're from Spain. You know, I don't fucking know. Uh, this is their demo. I was hoping we would land on this just because this is... Looks interesting. It looks like I some, know the Night Feeder's good. Yeah, I, right. I already know the we Night Feeder stuff is good. That. We know that it's fucking good. Right, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So, Do you like Disrupt? Actually, without listening to him, I'm just going to tell you, Night Feeder is surprisingly varied. It definitely ha It definitely sounds like a Jay Styles project. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, for sure. That, that, uh, um, that, that newest night feeder release has a nice bit of like v variety in its yeah. uh hardcore delivery on it sure so yeah i was this is the thing i was i was hoping we'd land on just because it's it seems like uh the least likely for me to run into this naturally you know in the world right mm -hmm. so uh we're gonna listen to uh they got the first song uh queued up to play Ma matalos uh we're gonna listen to matalos by uh heron or haran off of their demo
All right, we just heard the song Matalos by Heron, Haran, off of their demo. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Um, I thought that was fine. It was an okay proof of concept, yes, I yes, guess. Yes. You know I was going to say, are we going to are we going to be nice here? Or are we going to be truthful? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to pander this here. This was fine. Yeah, it was fine. This right? was fine. I ain't going to pander to you. Um, this was, uh, I think. Um, there was sort of a. I guess endearing sort of sloppiness to it. Yeah, sure. This is this is what what falls in the category that we we often run into when we're dealing uh, specifically, usually with like younger bands a lot of the time. But like it's it is your it's like a starter kit bat band. You know what I mean? Like you kind of everything delivered here is fairly boilerplate. Right. I think like the only thing really separating this from like. Uh, a local level kind of like street punk band that I would have like been at been at their shows in 2004 is that it is utilizing a presentation and like a production style that is a little bit more advanced and of the moment than mm. like the dry really bad local digital recordings that were available to bands in 2004. I can, I can guarantee you that if if I heard a local band sound like this playing playing the bug house. Yeah. Cool. Glad there's a fucking band giving it a go. Sure. Right? Yes. Want to see what else these dudes get into or whoever these folks get into. Right. But um, I don't really, I'm not really like stoked on it. Yeah, like yeah, Musically, yeah. I'm like, this is fine. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is the kind of stuff that I think right now benefits from access to like the internet and being able to present in a stylish way. Because again, this is a this is basically a band that I would see in 2004, 2005 at like shitty local punk clubs sure. that all had like fucking mohawks and, the bands. and bum flaps, right? And they were singing songs about being drunk punks. Mm -hmm. But this benefits from like the broader scope of understanding and maybe just like the people in this band are cued into cool shit. Who, you know what I mean? I don't know these people. So like the visual presentation, the production choices, like the tones and stuff, those are all like deceptively cool. Whereas at the core, the music is like very boilerplate and milk toast. Right, right, right. You put some more. So like you put a little more chainsaw distort on that guitar. Yeah. You pick up the pace just hair. Yeah. I'm paying a lot more attention. Yeah. And, and just and, and like tighten and, it up and, and tighten it up a yeah. little bit. Right. Put a little more fucking teeth into it. Sure. I'm paying a lot more attention or yeah. give me. Like if you're going for straight up like street, yeah, and whatever it's a street noise and stuff like that. Yeah, UK eighty two, UK two. Then give me um, a much sort of like beefier, interesting riff. Yeah, yeah, for sure, agreed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it was that that riff in in a vacuum is very my first punk band. Sure, but you know, there's like reverb on it, and like like I said, there are, there are clever there are clever tricks to kind of like distract from the fact that the the core components here are not doing a lot outside of like what has been accomplished on local level street punk bands, like for the last 30 plus years. Right. right. So, and that's but, fine. I, like I like watched I said, this as a proof of concept, it's fine. You I'd know? watch this and I'd be interested because it's a band from Spain. If this were a band from Fort Wayne, cool. Right. But yeah, I don't yeah, give a shit. I would like to, I would like to revisit this in a year six months to a year when you've had time to like go back to the drawing board and flesh this out a little bit more, get tighter, better at playing together and maybe like pick up the pace and intensity a little bit on this. Mm -hmm. Cause like the form is one that I think is like easy to work within, but is difficult to master and deliver in like a really compelling way. Right. And I just didn't think this was there. Logo is pretty sick. Logo is cool. Like I said, 
deceptively cool in presentation. It's very cool. Fundamentally, not that cool. Right. Um, all right, let's uh, let's hear hear a couple voicemails. All right. Hey boys, um, just wanted to quickly uh, quickly pose a few suggestions. Um, my first one being, uh, I think Chris from Golden Guitar God should be fucking banned from calling the show. Uh, one of my favorite segments is the calls, and I think that he wastes. Even, even as short as these calls are, he, he wastes so much of, of the time uh, just spewing utter bullshit. And it's not funny, and it's, it's fucking annoying. And uh, uh, Chris at Golden Guitar Guys, I'll fucking fight you. Um, also, uh, whoever submitted the Angel Rachel or whatever the fuck, should, that should be strike one. That should be strike one. Damn. No more submissions from that guy. All right, so I always love uh, a little, like, call-in section beef just be- for the simple reason that I think it's, like, a rarefied air that you're, that you're in here because I don't think there's a lot of people that hang with it till the end. Right. So people who are, like, full-on, like, fans of the call-in section part right. of the show are, are few in number, right? right? So yeah. anytime they, they got, have internal beef, I think it's, it's funny. It's a, it's a house at war against itself, right? You know I, I mean? So my favorite thing about this is calling in to bitch about Chris at Golden Guitar Gods. Sure. Right? I think it's a funny bit. He, well, he's 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 one of the biggest fans of the Colin section. That's true, right? Yes, right. And he's always got good things to say. Agreed. You talk about how it's a waste of time, right? Yeah. There's fucking twenty seconds of dead space at the end of your call. <laughs> I know. And I could barely understand a word you're saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Right? Yeah. Come he's, on. He's thrown down the gauntlet on shaky ground. I know. You know what I mean? And you don't want to poke the dragon with Chris. No, no, no. Because <laughs> he's, he's just he's gonna come back. He's gonna come back stronger. Suffer to return harder. To right. quote a famous hardcore band. And he's man. from another era that is not afraid to use words that hurt. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He's gonna get rugged and raw. With with it I can, I can only imagine um and as in terms of the rachel the rachel angel submission yeah i'm not holding that against anybody like i said the purview and the scope of the show is much larger than we expected it to be at the uh, at the outset and uh and that's fine you know what i mean no worries um it it, it was maybe it was maybe a little outside the scope of the show, but I think it was way outside the scope of the show. But it's not. It's I will. I don't think it's any more outside the scope of the show than like Wednesday is. It's just that Wednesday is more to our taste. So yeah. We're like, okay. This that's, is that's fine because this is good. You know, that's a mean? fair assessment. I remember getting into my a buddy of mine's car, and you know, he was one of the folks that like introduced me to a lot of metalcore, and he was in a in, in a in a fucking metallic hardcore band I really liked. And he's listening to Sun Volt one day, and sure. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Sun Volt. I'm like, no. <laughs> this, no. Uh, yeah. This uh, is never going to pass muster. Right, sure. So I think it's just a matter of taste, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to hold I'm not gonna hold the Rachel Angel submission against anybody. All right, we got, uh, we got an AJ call. Let's dive in. All right. What's up, fat fuck one and fat fuck two, fellow fat fuck here. Uh uh, just your opinion on this. Uh, do you think H2O and Toby Morse, like, let's go with H2O. If they didn't exist, do you think anything would be different within hardcore? Because personally, I just think he's like another 
seminal band of like New York punk in the nineties, like but nothing they did was extremely influential, personally game changing. He kind of used his band to monetize and then further like sell the PMA lifestyle to make his own value and social standing increase and then you know, now he believes in being a fence walker, mediation and like cop calling I mean like not when I say cop calling, but he's just he's a centrist, like he is a straight up strangest. So I honestly feel like that's like quote unquote totally didn't exist or like H2O didn't exist. I mean he wouldn't have really a voice if there were his band never got off. He would just be another tiger long roadie that would probably have some like lore to him, but yeah. Does H2O matter then? Did it matter then or did it matter? Does it matter now? Because I don't think either. Peace. Fuck you. What a strange thing yeah, to call in about. Yeah, just because it's such a specific thing. And I, I don't, I think that this, other than just being clowned on the internet for being a cornball, I think this is like the most thought or airtime given to H2O as a band in a really long time. That's what I was going to say. I don't think they're a seminal band no, at all. That, that, the picture of him with all the cops. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Right. He, he was uh, he was getting a lot of flack when he uh, he did like a Black Lives Matter uh, like T-shirt, right? And everyone was like, hey, aren't your buddies the police, the ones yeah. who are doing it, you know? Uh, but so, so, no, they're not a seminal band at all, and I don't think they're important even remotely. I also think that H2O from Jump was, like, transparently an attempt to be successful. Didn't we listen to H2O on... We did on a Patreon episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought a 7 I'd in. never heard them before. Yeah, well... I was aware of their existence, but, like, mm -hmm. I don't... Yeah, they, this is... This is H2O is like a back patch that I might see on like a Christian kid at a fucking show. Yeah. So I was I was an H2O fan as a teenager. I got uh, I picked up the CD version of Faster Than the World like pretty early and I connected to it to me. And I think you name dropped them like in this in this actually maybe Uh to me, they were like adjacent to the bouncing souls, right? Which when I was like 14, 15, it was just like melodic punk with like hardcore leanings. And I thought yeah. it was like fun and like pretty sort of just like airheaded, vacuous, like fun punk. Another band that I don't think I've ever heard outside of a uh, demo. I mean, a uh, comp track. Sure. Maybe? Yeah. They're very, they're a very starter pack band. Right. And um, like, Literally, that that's probably the first time I've heard the, the name Bouncing Souls in, I don't know, four years? Yeah. So, no. H2O, like I said, I think From Jump was transparently an attempt to, like, be successful. They played, like, a late-night show fairly early in their career. I think maybe after, like, H2O Go came out or something like that. Um, I don't think they were ever good. It, it, to me, it always kind of read as, like, yes, Bouncing Souls adjacent, adjacent and also, like, a cornier, markedly less fun uh, version of like Murphy's Law or something, and that it was trying to kind of be like we're a cool, fun, lighthearted party core, and it just didn't have like the same energy, nor did it exist in the same social climate that made Murphy's Law like good or fun at all. Um, so, like again, and this is speaking as like an an ex fan of that band, a teenage fan of that band, I can't listen to those records now like at all. Like they like they don't even hold any nostalgia value to me. I don't. I straight up to don't think they're even good. Terrible. Yeah, I don't think they're even good at all. Terrible. Um, and and or do they? What do they? If they didn't exist, 
not not a thing, not would, a thing change. would change. Not a thing. I, unfortunately, I don't even think PMA would fucking change. No, no, certainly not. And right? I, and again, like yeah, like to, whatever. If if I could find the skull that needed the bullet mm-hmm. that sort of spawned PMA in mm-hmm. hardcore. Oh yeah, sure. Well, I take the shot. That's bad brains. Yeah, that's bad brains who did it because they were on that Napoleon Hill uh, think and grow rich shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Napoleon Hill is the guy's name. Maybe I might not take the shot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because then you'd have to erase a few really, really, really good records. God damn it! But they were the ones. That is, that is maybe one of my least favorite. Yeah, sort of. Uh, trends in hardcore. And this dude, uh, like, in particular, has definitely turned the PMA thing into, like, a multi-level marketing scheme adjacent sort of, like, lifestyle brand that he 100% uses to just, like, sustain a non-career of, like, keeping his head above water by doing a podcast and, like, having famous friends. There's no doubt about it. So, no, uh, nothing at all would be different if H2O didn't exist. Not not a thing in this world would change. I revisited, speaking of PMA, just for shits and giggles, right? Uh-huh. Um, good, clean, fun. Oh, hell yeah. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, dude, no doubt. They, I think a couple of the early singles are still, like, they 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 uh, skate by on being like kind of funny enough in the context of what they were parodying, mm-hmm. and that joke got old really quickly. And also, it became not a joke, yeah. especially by the time you get to uh, between Christian rock and a hard place. Yeah, they are thinking of themselves as like uh, at least a halfway serious band who's trying to like tackle issues. Yep. And I tell you what, man, I don't want crucial youth to like actually try to tell me something about. No, the world, no. Right? Cause I, I saw them sometime around like 99 or, sure. or so. And, um, like after the shopping for a crew, seven yeah, inch, yeah, and I have sure. that. Seven I, inch, I have that seven inches. Well, one yeah. of the versions. Sure. Um, maybe two of the versions. I don't know. And I used to really like that seven inch. I don't have any of the like full lengths, mm-hmm. but that fucking, I have to wonder, like, what the hell was wrong with my brain other than just going along with a trend? Sure, yeah. In, like, 99? Yeah. In 2000 with that stuff? Because, boy, does it not fucking hold water now. No, absolutely not. That That is a band, again, like, you know, you're susceptible to that stuff at a particular time in your life. And I wish it hadn't been at the time in my life when my parents were, for some reason, down to let me get a tattoo underage. Oh, that's right, because you have one. I have the... <laughs> I forgot I, about I that. have... My first tattoo is, like, the art from Crouching Tiger Moshing Panda yeah. on the back of my calf with bamboo letters that say drug-free. I forgot all about that. What yeah. What a bummer, right? Yeah. What a fucking bummer. Yeah, it's just... It's just... And... and can I... I just want to point out yeah. how much I fucking hate hate pma shit in hardcore yeah dude it sucks it is so fucking it's corny. so fucking corny and lame yeah. it i think we said it before like just hang a fucking jesus piece around your neck yeah get on your fucking knees yeah man right it's such a shitty thing it's some fucking stupid magical thinking bullshit Absolutely. yes right it's Whoa. it's the secret yeah, for hardcore yeah. kids. Oh, don't worry, things are going to get better, even though they're constantly fucking getting worse. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And also, it's possible to like, it's po- <laughs> I think my thing is just like, why, why do people insist on like only arriving at self actualization through the gayest, corniest means? I know because you can arrive there via just like 
a pragmatic, sort of self-contained, almost monastic approach to your life. You don't have to post like dumb quotes about it on social it's, media. You don't have to make a dumb I, band about I, that's it. That's what I mean. It's, it's it's the same sort of lure that like youth pastors sort of Absolutely. Use. It's yeah. the same fucking yes. bullshit, right? 100%. Hey, this shit isn't totally fucking gay. Look. Yes, 100%, right? dude. Straight edge. You'll take care of your body right. and everything will be fucking great. Yeah, man. Hey, take care of your body because everything's not going to be <laughs> right. great. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? If I knew everything was going to be great, yeah. I'd ruin my fucking body. <laughs> yeah, right? Because sure. I got medication to take care of me. Right? right? Medicine's going to be fucking great. The world's going to be in a great place. Yeah. I won't need a healthy body to fucking destroy my fucking neighbors. Right, yeah, no. Right? I'm, I, I am, I'm digging in ready to see the walls go up around the guarded cities of the rich while we're left to fend for scraps in the yeah, wastes. Yeah, You know, you know I'll mean? be listening to good, clean fun while I'm slitting fucking Elon Musk's throat. <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, like I said, it is 100% youth, youth pastor adjacent. It is multi-level marketing scheme adjacent. It is like, it's... It, uh, if you have any sort of sense about you, if you're older than the age of 16, it should make the, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Mm. It should sound your internal alarm. It's, it, it's, it's the hardcore version of adult baby diaper lover shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um, so we got one text message, LMFAO. I said the exact same thing as Gray did about the title of The Woman King. And my girlfriend rolled her eyes so hard at me. Yeah, I, I actually got, uh, I brought it up again to my girl and she she claimed that I was uh, oddly fixated on it, which is probably true. So uh, the, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm sure our, our partners can commiserate and how fucking stupid and annoying we are. Um, I'm sure most of the people who listen to this show, all of our partners could probably commiserate. You know, rest assured, I did not think about that movie after we were done talking about I, it. I will say, I didn't think about it again one time after we talked about it on the show. Um, so that wraps it up. I already plucked everything up top. The only thing I didn't plug is the uh, the hotline, the demo listen hotline. If you want to call in, it's 260-222-8341. Keep your message to a minute and a half or under or shoot us a text message if you don't have any faith in your brevity. Uh, and beyond that, rate and review if you feel so inclined. Tell your friends if you feel so inclined. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us for yet another week.